0: Hey friends, I'm Bryant Russ, and in partnership with Christian Schools International, you're listening to Lighting a Fire.
1: In the middle of my sort of attitude, I felt just prompted to think about maybe what the look on God's face might be, and it just occurred to me that God might actually like what I'm doing.
0: Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into the show Today we've got a really fun and encouraging conversation with singer-songwriter Jordan Osborne. You don't need me to tell you that this school year has brought with it all kinds of unforeseen challenges that have left many of us feeling like we're just not enough. And maybe one of the most dangerous side effects of this discouragement is when we start to imagine that the hard work in front of us isn't really what God has called us to Because, frankly, this isn't what any of us imagined when we decided to be Christian educators. I was feeling like this recently when I came across the song you're about to hear, called This Right Here. This song served as a powerful reminder that, though not what I expected, the work at hand is exactly what God is calling us to. After the song, we'll have a conversation with Jordan to hear some of the story and heart behind the lyrics. Enjoy!
2: You're not holding back, and you're not waiting for a better moment to offer your affection. So I'm not holding back, and I'm not waiting for a better moment to give you my affection. You made me for this right here. You made me for.
0: would you start by just telling us a little bit about the story surrounding that song we just heard
1: yeah um so w- my husband and i and our family we've got five kids in the house right now about 6 years ago we moved to uh Allegan Michigan and started a farm and it was really kind of we just did it on faith felt like god had sent us to this particular town and farming was new to us but you know when you start out anything you kind of expect it to go one way and almost never does
0: <laughs> um don't know what you're talking about but okay yeah, sure. <laughs> just yeah. Kidding, so yes.
1: I don't know God puts a dream on your heart and you picture you, you imagine yeah. what living out the dream is going to look like and um and so farming was part of this dream that we had and farming in our minds just sounded really romantic and beautiful and Uh, dirty, but kind of pretty dirty, you know. And Mm -hmm. um, so we got started having no idea what we were doing. And I think we started with some chickens and then some goats and then eventually turned into cows and sheep. And um, now we've got maybe 500 animals. But we were a couple years in and had gotten past that honeymoon stage and into like, wow, this is really hard work. Mm -hmm. And you never get a day off. <laughs> Animals—they really need to eat a lot. <laughs> and so we had two little kids and two teenage foster daughters, and Zach was working full time elsewhere and working on the farm, and I was working full time in the house and working on the farm. And so during nap time was when I would try to run outside and um, get some of the chores done. And I was outside doing chores one day. It was winter time, and. Just grumpy, thinking this is such hard work, and I was dragging hay bales through the snow, and it was it was like slushy, wet. Just just one of those kind of mm-hmm. January, February days, feeling grumpy, feeling like I I want to do something great with my life, and instead of doing something great, I'm sledging through snow,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and my boots are wet, and I'm all alone, and. This this wasn't what I pictured when I pictured living the dream, I guess. And in the middle of my sort of attitude, I felt just prompted to to think about maybe what the look on God's face might be as he watched me do chores. And it just occurred to me that God might actually like what I'm doing. Hmm. <laughs> so in that moment, I sort of shifted into – by His mercy, more of like a worshipful (laughs) attitude, and started singing out loud while I was dragging hay bales and started singing, you made me for this right here. You made me for here right now. And what better time to tell you that I love you. There's no better time. Mm -hmm. And so um, for the second half of this chores session, rather than kind of grump around and feel bad for myself because my body was tired and wet and cold, I sang out loud and just told God, how thankful I was for another chance to worship him. And that was God's way of just shifting my mindset, shifting my attitude, shifting my perspective on what actually is important and what living the dream actually looks like.
0: Mm, mm, mm -hmm. Jordan, I'm amazed by how much time and energy I can devote to imagining some other version of my life. (laughs) I just have this idea of a life in which God is really pleased with me and which I'm actually really serving him. And yet that can kind of cause a bifurcation. I have like a life that I'm actually in and then there's a life that I'm not actually in. Right. Yeah. The lyrics of your song just remind me that Yeah, what if God is right now in this moment, in this place, calls me his child. I mean, that that's a profound idea
1: Yeah, I know. It's so easy to feel like you're almost there, but you're not quite there yet. Mm. Um, And someday you'll get there and someday you'll be living the dream. Um, And someday you'll be doing it the way you want to be doing it or be who you want to be as you do it. And one of the phrases my husband and I started saying to each other over the years was, the dream is actually lived out one day at a time. We we are living the dream today if we decide to be. Hmm. It makes me think about and this was this is funny because this is a conversation I had with my eight year old yesterday. <laughs> he was upset because something I think maybe. I wouldn't let him play the Xbox yet. And so he said something like, I never get to do what I want to do, but you always get to do what you want to do. <laughs> and I said, I do? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, you get to take care of the baby and change your diapers. And you get to, um, what else did he say? You get to do the farm chores and you get to do the dishes and make dinner. And those are all the things you like to do.
3: and i thought what
1: i thought (laughs) what a great compliment (laughs) that i fooled you into thinking that this is exactly what i want to do all the time (laughs) um that i'm here having fun but but really it's kind of like you know life is going to be life one way or the other Mm -hmm. and um can i can i quote unquote, fool my kids or myself into really believing like, this is the dream. What I what I want to do more than anything right now is the thing I have in front of me. Mm. Um, well, and it's a really simple, like it's simple to say it's harder to live out.
0: It's amazing to me, Jordan, when you do come to a day or a chore, even whatever you're in the midst of doing with that perspective, how it can often turn into something really cool and good and beautiful, right. uh, but I don't think that will ever happen while we're thinking or we're in our mind somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
0: Do you think there is a pressure, maybe especially for younger Christians, to, to kind of like this change the world mentality mm-hmm. or some quick measurable way that yeah. leaves us feeling like we're missing it when we find ourselves in like regular jobs, living regular lives, and it can feel like that's not what this was supposed to be.
1: yeah yeah oh definitely i think there's this big tension because well i'll say for me when i really met the lord and fell in love with jesus and encountered holy spirit and realized how big and amazing and powerful god was and full of love and how willing god was to fill me with himself it's it's like you're hit with this reality that anything is possible right like the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And how amazing is that? And I never want the reality of that to fade or stop filling me with awe. And in in those encounters, especially those first encounters with God, I, I remember feeling like, okay, we're going to change the world, you know? And looking at people who inspired me, you know, you start reading about other followers of God and usually the other followers of God that you learn about are the ones with really impressive lives that somebody mm-hmm. wrote a book about. And so I remember having it in my head that well now I'm going to live the type of life that somebody's going to write a book about.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: and and almost felt like being a sold out radical Christian equated to some sort of magnitude like the more people you see saved or the the bigger church you plant or fill in the blank you know yeah um the more followers you end up having based on what you have to say the the more effective you are for the heart of heaven i remember yeah absolutely absolutely feeling that way and not really i don't know if i would have been able to spell that out or say that out loud but i think it's just easy to get your value wrapped up in your impact and I think God's perspective of impact is very different
0: than ours is. If you measure any of the biblical prophets by that metric, right. they're all failures, <laughs> right? I mean.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, but it's easy to get there. And I think in, in even in any profession, I mean, I'm thinking about teachers mm. and teachers right now, there's so much you want to be for your students. And especially this year, I'm sure everybody feels like they're hitting walls as far as how and who they wanted to be versus how and who they're, they're able to be right now for the, mm-hmm. for the people they care about. And yeah, it kind of always has to boil back down to whose perspective matters here.
0: Do you have any like concrete practices that you've been able to incorporate into a day or a morning that yeah. challenge you to say, I want to I do today from the perspective of God, not these metrics metrics of success.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to talk about than it is to walk out <laughs> depending on the day. I am so thankful that God is both holy and um, here. Hmm. You know, yeah. that that as holy and different as He is, He's never distant. And hmm. so every day... I'm in a conversation with him that starts with knowing that he already gets it and even so wants to hear from me. So one of the things I love about the Psalms and about David's conversations with God is that David's not only coming to God with his list of thanks and his list of praise and his list of asks, but he's also sometimes coming to God saying, This is how I feel, just sort of vomiting himself out. (laughs) And the idea that God actually loves to hear that, I think about my relationship with my own kids and how when they come home from school, they might tell me what they ate for lunch or they might tell me what they want for dinner. But what I really want to know is how are they doing, Mm -hmm. you know? And I might be able to see it by the look on their face, but I still want to hear from them. Like I still want that conversation And so I think knowing in my day-to-day that God wants that conversation with me, waking up with that and going to bed with that, it's such a massive gift and it helps me to remember that any of the fruit that comes out of my life or anyone's life is purely mercy anyway. To know that I can't build anything eternal apart from Holy Spirit. And apart from the blood of Jesus means that whether it went well or whether it went poorly or whether I feel accomplished or whether I feel like nothing went the way I hoped it would and I didn't do anything the way I hoped I would, we're all coming back to the mercy of the Lord anyway.
0: Mm -hmm. I wonder if sometimes if contentment could be one of the most radical things we do in terms of following Jesus to be content with the lives we have, the work he's given us to do to focus on that and to to till the soil of our actual lives. I mean, because culturally speaking, there, there's billions of dollars spent on ensuring our discontent, right? I mean, that's right. essentially what advertising is, right? You need something, you're, you're not enough, you don't have it yet.
3: right?
0: And yet the beauty of discipleship, I think even of John 15, when Jesus gives us this picture of, the, of a vineyard and the job of the branch is to stay connected to the vine mm-hmm. and that's when fruit happens, right. but that's not the goal. It's the goal's connection to the vine and then fruit is the result. Right. Yeah. I,
1: I've found myself praying a lot over the last year. or So God help me to love the assignment that you have for me today.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I remember even being in school and being in college and, and I almost feel like, feeling like there were certain things that were worth my time and there were certain things that I had to do, but they were a waste <laughs> totally. of time, totally. you know, and homework was that.
3: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um, and I wish I would have had a better perspective of, you know what, this is holy time too. And throwing my focus into this assignment can honor God. And I knew that in my mind, um, but but it takes kind of working that muscle to know it in your soul, but yeah i I pray that a lot. Help me love the assignment you have for me, even right now.
0: You mentioned teachers, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been feeling that this this way this past semester, and I think you're offering wisdom that's especially applicable in this season. yeah, what's
1: it been like for you
0: it's been It's been an interesting road it's It's funny because you talk to maybe five teachers and you might hear five different things. And then just knowing, too, for students, there's such a spectrum of experience lately. You, you, we've got students who are pretty okay with when we were learning online. They were, they were good with that. They, there were things that they liked about it. And then mm-hmm. you've got students who feel especially isolated and, and for whom home is not a, a good or safe place to be. And, oh. and it's really hard uh, meeting students where they're at when they're all across the board. Wow. But but you know what I mean what your song reminds me of and what I'm reminded of every year I do a student survey and just ask for some feedback and I'm always waiting for like okay that awesome lesson that students are going to say that changed their <laughs> life or and every year I shouldn't be surprised anymore that that is almost never what's said it's 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 always something like I had a basketball game and you asked me how it went and and it's like, oh, those moments of just being present and seeing your students. That is often the most fruitful thing that happens in a semester. And I don't do that when I'm in my brain imagining some huge performance that I knock out of the park, you know, then I don't even see the students because it's about me at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. I've seen, I've seen a, post on Facebook circulate about parents just kind of stressing about the world their kids are in right now and the world their kids are growing up in. And it was a response, I don't know if you've seen it, to to that sentiment that said, remember that God knew exactly when He was putting your child on the earth mm. and that God made your child exactly for this time. Mm. and knows what he's getting into and knows what he's getting your kids into and that he's capable of equipping your kids for this. And I've just been thinking, you know, um, probably Daniel's parents didn't see him as a baby and think my child is made to fight lions. (laughs) You know, I just hope that someday something like this happens or, you know, think of Think of so many people in the Bible who went through just craziness and whose parents probably never thought, you're made for such a time as mm-hmm. getting thrown into a pit of fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, you hear Esther, you know, for such a time as this, but it's not like she, she dreamed that she would be faced with such a crisis. Yeah. And so I've just been thinking, God, did you, did you make my kids for the coronavirus times? Did you make my kids for this time, this space, um, physically, politically, whatever whatever is happening around them, did you actually make them for this? Mm -hmm. And I know that the answer is yes. And I know that the answer is yes for me and for you and for all the teachers who are doing this right now. You know, God actually Mm -hmm. made you for this right here. Whether you think you're good at it or you think you're bad at it or you thought it was going to go this way or you didn't think it was going to go this way or you imagined it was going to be different, God knew what He was getting into when He sent you to this place at this time. And I know He's been capable of equipping. I mean, I have been amazed at the teachers I've seen even just around my family. We've um, We've got two foster daughters in high school and we've got two elementary school boys and their teachers are, I can see them stretching themselves in all sorts of new ways. And some of them are great at technology and some of them are, hate technology and everywhere in between. But all of them, the main like uh, concern for them is how are the kids doing? And I see them reaching toward, toward each of our four kids in love in very different ways, but very important ways. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so mm. thankful that none of us are in this alone as
0: sort of isolating as it can feel. Jordan, that's hugely encouraging and also a perspective I want to I want to stick with as it feels like it's stretching on, right? It's like, okay, we're ready to 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 do something different now, but to remember that and it's helpful hearing it from the from your perspective as a parent to know your kids have been noticed and seen and cared for. That's oh, so yeah. incredibly important.
1: Man, I want to say, I see you giving extra extra grace to the kids, and I hope you're giving extra grace to yourself mm. you know for whatever whatever extra you can see that the the children you're trying to teach need, you need the extra too mm. and so let yourself have it you know um, let God tell you that he is holy and he is here and you're doing okay. And if you don't feel like you're doing perfectly, that's okay. It's all been his mercy anyway.
0: Amen. I'm almost in tears over here, Jordan, just imagining that God's heart and posture towards me is like what we, of course, instinctively and eagerly offer to our own children and our students as well. Yeah. That's surprising for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> but it's wonderful news.
1: Yeah yeah I know it is surprising, isn't it it's It's <laughs> interesting how easy it is for your heart to melt, you know for your students um and that you have to be reminded you know your father's heart melts for you
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Whew, yeah yeah that's try <laughs> revealing how uh, just underestimate the goodness of God <laughs> yeah every, every day, yeah, yeah. Hey, Jordan, we've got just a couple minutes left. I want to talk about the music side of things for just a minute. Full disclosure, I'm very jealous because (laughs) sometimes (laughs) I feel like attempting to communicate an idea (laughs) for a whole semester and then hearing a song that just does it so wonderfully and powerfully (laughs) that takes three or four minutes. And I'm just like, darn it all. I wish I was a musician. But that's (laughs) kind of what we're talking about, too. Talk, yeah. talk to me a little bit about music and your love for music and, and your desire to communicate using music.
1: Yeah, well, I grew up in a musical family. My dad's a musician and a worship leader, and so uh, it's kind of just always been a part of life for me. But I have found that, like like you just said, sometimes, sometimes it takes a melody to ingrain a reality in a way that, it's hard to do otherwise. So, speaking of,
0: I don't know I if you can hear my baby yeah, singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> say that again. I love that line. It takes a melody. Say it again. I can't sometimes remember. It,
1: yeah, sometimes it takes a melody to ingrain a reality. Wow. Um, yeah. I have found for me, and everybody learns differently, but I've found for me that if I'm trying to memorize scripture, almost the only way I can do it in a way that will last, you know, past my Week is if I put it to song, and so I'm just wired that way. Um, if I want to remember something, I have to sing it. so ask me what I remember from elementary school, and it's mostly the songs I learned. you know, mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. count by threes, and I can tell you the names of the fifty states in alphabetical order because they're in songs <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, in a lot of ways, that's just how how my my brain is wired, but I have found that also that it's easier for me to engage my mind in worship when uh, when I put my worship to song, and so I have a whole album of songs that were mostly written while I was doing farm chores because I wanted to be able to engage God and it's just uh i I can be distracted less um when I do it that way and everybody's different I mean you gotta God knows you and you know you better than I do um. But for me, yeah, that's been really important. I love worshiping the Lord through song. I feel like God uses song to engage my mind and my body, and uh, my affection in a different way. Um, writing is the same way for me. So I have found when I pray that journaling always helps me to feel like I'm more fully engaged than uh, if I'm if I'm just praying quietly in my mind or even out loud sometimes it's almost like God draws out uh, a voice in me that isn't necessarily there when I'm not writing it out or singing it out. Um, so yeah I I just love to do it. I don't I don't get to do it all the time um, as far as like recording music and going and uh, singing and playing places but I do lead worship at our little church and it's one of my favorite things in the world.
0: Hmm. Jordan, where can people go, listeners, go to find your music?
1: Yeah, it's on iTunes and Spotify. And uh, you can actually listen to the whole album for free on Bandcamp, um, if that's a website you've heard of before. I'm trying to think what else. Most of the major music platforms our album has been on.
0: And the album for that song is called this right here as well. Is that correct?
1: Right. The whole, yep, the song is called this right here and the album is called this right here
0: Uh if you've been encouraged by hearing a little bit of jordan's heart you're going to want to check that out beautiful incredibly incredibly well done inspiring i strongly recommend you go check out this right here Jordan, I'm grateful for this conversation. I'm just feeling encouraged even in the past 30 minutes. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for your obedience to God, taking that simple moment of doing chores. And yet it's it's almost ironic now that blessing so many people because you were content to be in that moment and to be present with God just right there, right then.
1: That is ironic, isn't it? (laughs) Thank you very much.
0: If you enjoyed today's conversation, make sure you subscribe to the Lighting a Fire podcast so you don't miss an episode. As always, feel free to email me with questions or ideas at bruss, B R U S S, at hollandchristian.org. In partnership with Christian Schools International, this is Lighting a Fire.